0: a is for approved and learn more about the lima laser if you're interested in trying one today you can sign up for their newsletter tell them that food Heals sent you and please let me know if you order one i want to hear about your results again it's lima dot life l y m a dot life food Heals podcast episode 141
1: you gotta ask yourself do you respect life are you thankful for your life yes i am i'm Just so grateful that I get to be on this earth and live this life, see all these beautiful things, meet all these great people, have all these experiences. Okay, if you want other people in the future and your grandkids to be able to have those experiences and somewhere to live, then you need to think about what food you're investing in because it's kind of the root of everything.
0: Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself.
1: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.
0: All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Charlie Fife. Charlie is a vegan chef and entrepreneur from right here in L.A. While he was studying at UC Berkeley, which Susie might have a connection to. My alma mater. Go Bears. (laughs) Go Bears. He launched Charlie's Brownies, a student-run baking company. And by the way, these brownies are organic, dairy-free, and gluten-free. Yum. Yum. Yes,
2: please. Charlie graduated with a bachelor's degree in leadership and social change.
0: That's a cool major, by the way. That's
2: so Berkeley, too. It's like, I've never even heard of that before. <laughs> but great. that doesn't surprise me. You, you you know, you can also create your own major there, so. Oh, why didn't I go there? <laughs> <laughs> He's currently a full-time entrepreneur and CEO of Charlie's Brownies. He also gives back to the community through youth motivational speaking. He's been a guest speaker at Yale University's Black Solidarity Conference, the Tupac Shakur Arts and Leadership Camp, and the Kidult Youth Leadership Conference, organized by Pharrell Williams. He was even awarded the Unilever Legacy of Leadership Award from the Jackie Robinson Foundation. That's a mouthful. That was, you gave that all to me to pronounce.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but first, let's talk about the Global Healing Center, the one-stop shop for all your natural needs.
2: You know, I really love the Global Healing Center. I've gotten to know their products solely over time, just mm-hmm. through the wonderful samples that we've gotten. And I love their foot pads.
0: Yes, and I love, foot
2: pads. <laughs> and I love their Oxy powder. I mean, that stuff really cleans you out in a gentle and effective way. They also have products like their Vegan Safe B12, essential for anyone on a plant-based diet, and their Harmful Organisms
0: Kit to help you cleanse and eliminate
2: any nasty parasites. Remember that episode? Anna? Yeah.
0: So Deanne, my husband, hadn't listened to that one yet. And so he listened okay. to it literally last night when he was driving home from Joshua Tree and he was like, oh my God, a milk bath and the parasites come out? Like, oh my God. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, that was episode 113 with Megan Brophy. It's a really good one. It's kind of scary, just being honest. But yeah, Global Healing Center has these great products to help you detox, get out those harmful organisms. And I love the Vegan Safe B12 because it just tastes so good. We got that as a sample in our swag bags from our party, and I love it. Um, so obviously you can get a massive 20% off discount code on all Global Healing Center products with the coupon code, what is it, Susie?
2: Food Heals. Food Heals. Now I love their products. I've really grown to appreciate the quality.
0: It is good quality because there are supplements out there that I don't know what's in them. And that's what scares me.
2: Yeah. And all they put is a, a smiling face of a mm-hmm. doctor. And this is this is the actual doctor that created them. And yeah.
0: Dr. Group is on point. He's Yeah. And he's got a great reputation for a reason. Yeah. So that's exactly. why we back them. Absolutely. So next up, our interview with Charlie from Charlie's Brownies.
1: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: Today we're here with an always exciting guest, Charlie Fife. Charlie is known as a connector in many business circles, bringing the right people together to create strong partnerships and new opportunities. Welcome, Charlie.
1: Hello. How are you doing?
0: Nice to have you here. You have you have a, such a lovely,
2: bright smile. Oh, thank like Charlie you. Charlie has an amazing that. energy. I know. And mm-hmm. his hair. I want his and hair. And beautiful
0: hair. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a nice big man bun. <laughs> and you just came from my favorite place, Gracias Madre.
1: Oh, man, it's it's so great over there. The atmosphere is great. And even though it's a little overcast today, it's always a great vibe over there.
0: Yeah. And the food is to die for. Oh, It's delicious. It's so good. Even non-vegans love it. It doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. can bring anyone in there and they're like, yes. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's vegan, Mexican, but like with a flair.
1: Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) The drinks help. The the bar is incredible (laughs) and the margaritas definitely set it off.
0: Has anyone had the CBD infused cocktail yet? No, we have to go have that. I know. Maybe after. (laughs) I have
1: not, but that sounds great.
0: So tell us about Charlie's Brownies.
1: Um, charlie's brownies is a vegan gluten-free organic dessert company that specializes in the brownie so we start with a brownie and then we take it in all different directions we go to different flavors of brownies we have blondies which is the cousin of a brownie mm-hmm. you can even go a million ways with that because it's kind of a neutral palette and you can go to pumpkin you can go to matcha you can go you know just pure white chocolate so that's a lot of fun and then kind of uh, the brand is about expanding what's possible with the brownie so brownie cupcake brownie cake brownie ice cream sandwich anything brownie it's really a niche company we have your cupcake companies your cookie companies then i'm the brownie company
2: and why the brownie
1: uh brownies was my favorite dessert growing (laughs) up um naturally i was the brownie monster eating brownies all the time and i actually started selling them in high school and it be kind of just became a natural thing and my name's charlie so i developed the nickname charlie brown the brownie man and I, don't you. know, I kind of just stuck with it and uh, i started making money selling brownies so it was really organic that process
0: but you weren't always a vegan company so what made you make the switch
1: um it's actually funny the brownies made me go vegan if that makes any sense i can explain that as well yes um, please explain uh, uh, okay so um I used to go to events and like bring party platters and sample my brownies. Hey, check it out. I I make brownies. You can order for your events and weddings and blah, 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 blah. Then I would have people come to me and say, oh, man, this looks so good, but I'm sorry. I can't eat it. Or, oh, I don't eat butter or I don't, I can't do milk or just, I would hear a million different things and it was blowing my mind how many people would walk away and couldn't support my business Mm -hmm. because of either a dietary preference or allergy or something the other. So I was saying, dang, like got to capitalize on on these other people here I, it, it hurts me every time they walk away and they can't have my dessert i mm-hmm. don't like that mm-hmm. so uh, i said hey i need a vegan option or a gluten-free option so i started playing around and i remember there was one event i went to where it was the first event i had ever brought a extra platter that was had a vegan label on it's it like okay this is the vegan ones anybody here is vegan i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear you know, I can't eat this. So there was one guy, uh, his name is Lasse. He came over to my booth about 45 times and uh, he kept (laughs) eating the brownies and he kept apologizing. Like, dude, these are so good. I'm so sorry, but I just, I can't have this stuff very often and I'll buy you a beer after and whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. (laughs) That's cool with me. So uh, after I sold out and closed up, I went inside and had a chat with this guy and turns out he was vegan for 11 years and uh, He's like a life coach and a fitness guy and model, All does all kind of stuff. And cool. he started to tell me about this program he was putting on called My Vegan Journey, mm-hmm. which is uh, he was taking five people under his wing for 90 days. And you had to commit to a vegan lifestyle, meaning no animal products, um, nothing. And he would guide you along the way, you know, weekly talk and group meetings and help you with a meal plan and fitness plan. And I said to myself, wow, that sounds pretty cool. And... It was like a seven hundred dollar value, and he actually offered me to be in the program absolutely free. Wow! For, and after that program, ever since then, I actually would stayed vegan and changed my company completely vegan. That took about a year changing the recipes, and so.
2: And I was gonna but, ask uh, you, like, how long did it take you? How did you go about the process of keeping them really tasty? Which I'm assuming they're amazing. Um, oh, they're amazing! Getting, getting rid of like the, the the animal products. How long did it take you to find your next recipe, your vegan recipe? It
1: took a little longer than anticipated because at the same time, I also wanted it to be gluten-free. So I was hmm. tackling gluten-free baking, which is kind of new, and yeah. and vegan baking all at once. Yeah, and they um, often
2: go hand-in-hand. Hand. I feel so, like nowadays, like if people are getting on the vegan bandwagon, they're also like, well, we should make it gluten-free.
1: Yeah. right. Uh, my belief is that if there's two products and one's gluten-free and one's not, and they taste the same then the gluten-free one is the better choice because it's just easier to digest and more people can eat it. Right. Changing the recipes, it took about a year and a half, a while. Was it a Uh, lot
2: of trial and error? Was it a lot of research, both?
1: It was both. A A lot lot of of, tasting? A lot of taste tests. (laughs) A whole lot. And it was weird because what i should have done was just shut my business down and said we're going to reopen when i figure this out Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to lose my business and my customers so there was one point i think it was a period of four months where i wasn't saying anything i was just all my old customers i was still giving i was giving them vegan brownies and not telling them and
0: (gasps) and they didn't know
1: if they were amazing at that point they wouldn't have cared but it was at that weird point where i wasn't that great at it yet Mm -hmm. so So i did did lose some customers Yeah. yeah and I tried to fix it later on but everything ended up being okay obviously (laughs) but um i was kind of stubborn but eventually i got much better at it through trial and error and getting feedback and actually doing veg actual vegan events and hearing from vegans that was very helpful
0: yeah and now you do all the vegan events i've seen you there (laughs) yeah last
1: year in 2016 i did 27 food festivals in seven months i traveled everywhere i did a lot in socal of course i did the bay area a lot once a month actually um, i did portland vegas denver chicago and toronto all last year so that was fun the brownie tour i call it
0: <laughs> and so what made you not go back to the animal product brownies
1: just learning so much of uh, a few documentaries <laughs> kind of you know hit me a certain way and just having compelling conversations with other vegans and being part of the community um, kind of kept me strong and. Um, knowing the power of my dollar what industries that i want to support and also when people support my business what they're supporting it's kind of a circular nature of business and the food so i don't think i'm ever going to not be vegan or like non-vegan food at this point
0: cool should we do a taste test yes what did you bring us
1: (laughs) Uh, i brought you the classic um the dark chocolate um vegan gluten-free organic charlie's brownie you can start with the you know the traditional one and then
0: Okay, it says dark chocolate brownie, dairy free, and <laughs> gluten free. Yes. Yum. So I've I have a confession. I've had it because I go to all the festivals. Oh, okay, okay. And I've had it with like vegan ice cream and oh, it's yeah. amazing. But Thank well, will let Susie and Roxy you want a taste test. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
2: Smells chocolatey.
1: Fair trade, chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Okay, who's taking the first bite? I am. I'm not waiting. Sorry, Rosie. (laughs) 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 And it's already gone. Susie ate the whole thing. Mm. Very
2: excited. Delicious. It's not like too... Sometimes when they have dark chocolate, it's like too much. Yeah. It's delicious. yeah.
1: Try to keep it balanced, you know?
0: (laughs) Buy this. Where do you sell it?
1: Um, Currently, the only place to really get the brownies is Yoga Earth, which is Mm -hmm. um, a really awesome dairy-free soft serve shop in Glendale. Um, They carry my brownies as uh, like a topping for the ice cream, we also have uh, a salted caramel brownie milkshake. That's actually not on the menu. It's, it's kind of a secret menu.
0: Shit, I uh, need to go there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the and... more I'm eating, the better it's get. Like the middle is getting even gooier. It's so good. Sorry, I'm just gonna eat. Can um, you imagine
0: um... if it was warmed up and all gooey? Yeah, but it just need to be. That's it's delicious.
1: Highly suggested. uh warming Warming it up is definitely suggested, and eating with ice cream is definitely mm. also suggested. Mm. But it's good on its own as well. So. Yeah. Is there
0: coconut oil in here? Yes, I can the,
1: taste it. Well, the two fats are coconut oil and cacao butter. That's it.
0: Can people order this from your website?
1: Not currently. If, but if somebody does want to order, they can send me an email: Brownies at Gmail, and uh, I can do local delivery or ship anywhere. I have gift boxes as well.
2: So I want to talk about your entrepreneurship because you've been doing yeah. this for a while. You said you started this in high school, mm-hmm. and then you did it in college. Yeah, and changed to vegan, um, and you guys went to the same college. We did.
1: Woohoo! Go Bears! Go
2: Bears! <laughs> we were just talking earlier before we started the show. I had the fondest memories of Berkeley. Just I had such a great... I wish I had... St- like, I, I knew my major when I went in. And I could have graduated in three years. I didn't do it. I dated a guy who actually looked like you, but just had blonde streaks in it. He had curly long hair he eventually had dreads very berkeley hung around the drum circles down. <laughs> very tall
1: you were dreaming about that, that guy. no it was just going back
2: oh, going back in yes, memory Yeah, she was going i won't, yeah. we won't tell mike no he was awesome he was not he was not the one but he was he was awesome but um I did you I ever have
1: the brownie from the guy on telegraph or the girl i forgot who it was no they were special special brownie. no
2: i don't know if that was there when i was there <laughs> okay. i'm sure that i'm sure they were do you make special brownies? Oh, entrepreneurship. That's what we were saying. Okay.
1: So, which direction are we going? Are we going entrepreneurship <laughs> uh,
2: or are we, we going? We can go to special, special brownies. We'll I see. have a
0: feeling I could guess. <laughs> <laughs> Is that part of your entrepreneurial business, special brownies?
1: No, um, not yet. But now that it's legal, um, it's definitely a door that uh, I'm looking to open. All right. Well, we need uh, to talk later. It doesn't need to be so hidden anymore. So.
2: No, it's it, Well, I don't know. Jeff Sessions
1: scary oh yeah. yeah that's
2: yeah you know you never know but with 29 states having it either medical or going wreck it's like it's just a matter of time but still yeah eh, you never know
0: everything is scary right now but this seems to be like the least of their worries that's true they did yeah. the other
2: day take it's- down there was something on the white house website about marijuana and they that was like having a bad connotation they did take it down that's good. So That's slowly, good. but slowly but surely, we'll get there.
0: Well, what made you become an entrepreneur at such a young age, and then keep that? Like, why didn't you go get a nine to five?
1: Well, in high school, I was studies first, and I was also an athlete. I played on the basketball team, and you know, I was really competitive as a student. So I needed creative ways to kind of make money on my free time without actually having to go to a job. So before brownies, I sold Gatorade and candy. I was that kid with the cooler. You were that stuff. Kid. Yeah, I was that kid um i also used to give people rides home for money and just like you were uber before uber
2: yes like anything (laughs) any
1: any little thing i could do in high school i'd try to make make a little bit of chump change here and there so i could have money to go to the movies on the weekend and pay for my gas for my car yeah brownies just so happened to be one of the products that i introduced into my cooler and it hit harder than any anything else for whatever reason i went to all boys high school and people were always hungry and i knew everyone because i was I was, on, I was a geek, like I played card games, so I knew all those kids, and I was also an athlete, so I knew all those kids, and I always had chocolate on me, and the cafeteria always had a long line, so I found that it was more convenient for people to come to me, and it worked, so I would sell out of brownies in high school all the time.
0: And imagine if you added marijuana to the <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny,
1: as there were some kids at my school that sold marijuana cookies, I was too scared, I didn't, I didn't even smoke weed at that point uh-huh. or anything, and I didn't do that, but if i did i probably would have been yeah a thousand moving on to million right. <laughs> something
0: well and the reason it's legal now is because they're recognizing the healing properties it has right it's not just for stoners who want to play video games but even if it was just for stoners like there has
2: been a lot of propaganda throughout time sure about and i watched a whole there's a few do, there's a few great documentaries on netflix about this but like um, we've just been sold, to, you know, just been that it's told, a gateway it's, uh, drug. told, well, beyond
0: that, it's and just it's as bad as heroin. It's as bad as, it's heroin. as, bad as, it's exactly. as
2: heroin. It's the yeah. devil's lettuce and it's awful and it makes you go crazy and, you know, uh, reefer madness and it makes women kill babies. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Well, um, I think
0: alcohol, which is legal, is, is worse. much worse is worse yeah. than statistically
1: a, way worse yeah. exactly
0: because you know many more people that can't handle alcohol or become alcoholics or you know drink and drive or something well you straight
2: up you can die from alcohol poisoning sure. I've had members yeah. of my family who are alcoholics die from alcohol poisoning you cannot die from weed at all ever you may have a really bad experience oh, yeah. and feel not well you can't laugh yourself to death no <laughs> <laughs> You could try
1: overeat off of munchies. Oh. Yeah,
2: but you can't. You can't. They've they've done. They've done. They, the government actually has been doing studies, and you cannot die from it. Mm-hmm. That alone. Well, I mean, how many? How many? Actually, any prescription pill you could die from, right? You could yeah. get toxicity. And, Seriously, um, you can't die from it. It's an herb. It's a weed. There you go. There's been a lot of propaganda, and uh, I came from parents that were never touched it. They survived the 60s, never touched it, and then I went to Berkeley. Actually, no, I smoked before I went to Berkeley. I was 18 and Pink Floyd was coming to Giant Stadium and I dated a, a guy who smoked weed and I was like, all right, for this I will. So I, I mean, pre-smoked yeah. before I smoked.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. When I was in high school, my dad sat me down and he said, don't do drugs. Don't drink alcohol. He goes, just smoke weed. He did? Wow. He sat me down and he said, that is the only safe thing but you can do. But your dad
2: didn't partake, did he?
0: Well, not really when I was younger but when I was older and he was dying of cancer yeah he did was that or a cigar (laughs) but the funny ironic thing is is that I barely ever touched it because the two or three times I tried it I was like the paranoid person who was unhappy just never resonated with me but I have nothing against it and I'll just never forget that because he sat me down and said don't and I never did any other drugs because I was like oh weed is safe and then I, I just drink wine okay (laughs) <laughs> That's what I do. Wine is delicious, too. And it sounds cliche, but my ex-boyfriend in college had social anxiety disorder, is what they called it, that he was diagnosed with. I think he was just an introvert, okay? Okay. So they gave him medication. The medication made him have so many side effects that I'm just going to say there were sexual side effects for one. Oh, um, wow. Anger, Aww. depression, blah, blah, blah. So luckily, he was smart enough to get off of them. And the only thing that cured his social anxiety which made him be okay to go out to parties was smoking weed and it sounds kind of like well that's everyone in college just smoke weed before parties but like i would see him change and come into the person i knew him to be in front of others and i really think it just helped with his if you know it's interesting that
2: affects people differently so sometimes it's a it's a depressant sometimes it's a stimulant sometimes it's both Mm -hmm. for me i would smoke and pass out Hmm. like up at berkeley Wake so, and bake, maybe go right before the football game. <laughs> I couldn't do it because I get tired yeah. and it was very relaxing and, um, and I got antisocial. I just wanted to curl up and eat. So it affects everybody differently. Yeah. But regardless, non-toxic. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: So you also do motivational speaking and you work with the youth in your communities. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um, ever since I discovered entrepreneurship, well, I got my first contract while I was a student at Cal um when I was a junior the coffee shop on campus actually picked up my brownies and started selling them so I would have to make deliveries all the time and
0: that's great
1: yeah I was able to quit my what was it called work study Mm -hmm. uh, job and I was just selling brownies and to me that was a fun life I was like wow like I can do something I like and I'm you know paying my rent and whatever like right now so um when I found out that that was possible and that you could just you know do what you want to do in life instead of having to go work somewhere you don't want to work I just kind of Wanted to share that story with other people so i went on a tour when i was like 18 um, to a bunch of colleges and spoke about entrepreneurship and what's possible and then after that i in la i would speak at middle schools and mainly in like underserved neighborhoods like near crenshaw and things mm-hmm. like that and to let them know that to expand your mind if you want to do something as possible if you have an idea there's ways that you can help people solve a problem and make a living all at once and it's really just promoting that simple of a message that I feel it's not promoted enough and there's not enough tools out there all the time for people to actually pursue something like that. So I kind of offered myself up to a lot of youth across the country and I still have mentees and people that I met when they were 15 and now they're 20 and starting a business and things like that. So to me, that's fun and um, it's just a good way to circulate knowledge and blessings that I've been blessed with and mentors that I've had that have been successful just passing down, you know, kind of like a pipeline.
0: No, I love it. And I think it's so important to get this message to the underserved communities, especially right now when it seems like everything is in jeopardy. And what am I going to do with I can't imagine being a young person right now and going, what am I going to do with my life? Do I have any options? And so to say, yes, you have options, and you don't have to follow the status quo and the nine to five and the things that you may think that you have to follow is incredible. And Uh, giving them those tools and to be a voice for their community and to really, you know, stand up and say Well, what's happening in their communities first of all and then second of all what they can do to change their communities is so important right now So tell us how the vegan diet like changed your body changed your life How did it make you feel differently than how you were eating before?
1: a few things I noticed energy increase for sure Um, Skin Uh, I used to have minor acne nothing bad since I've been vegan. I don't think I've seen a pimple there might have been one weekend where it was like a friend's 25th birthday where we drank way too much. Mm-hmm. And then I saw one pop up on the Monday after. But other than that. That's uh, what
0: happened to me. Yeah. Giving up dairy cleared up my face.
1: Yeah. My skin has been immaculate and trying get compliments on it all the time.
0: Yeah. You do have nice skin.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, good digestion. I feel like my you know system is functioning well i'm never like stopped up or feel like wow i haven't gone to the bathroom in a few days i never <laughs> feel that way if that's too much information sorry
0: no um, <laughs> no we've gone we've gone way deeper than that on this okay, podcast okay, don't okay. you worry
1: somewhere deep down i'm saying to myself i think i'm aging slower than my friends i think I'm you starting are to notice that mm-hmm. um and i feel like i'm consciously preventing any diseases that might come up yeah And in the process, learning how to heal. So
0: absolutely. I mean, my whole thing is disease prevention. And so feeling the healthiest that I can by not consuming certain things and except for sugar, because your brownies are so good. I can't give them up.
1: Well, they're actually there's no cane sugar, believe it or not.
0: Okay, so what? So how how is it sweetened? Because these brownies are sweet. He said there's no cane sugar. There's no cane sugar. Yeah.
1: I use uh, a combination of coconut Palm sugar and maple syrup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're lower on the, you know, glycemic. They're not going to spike your glucose as much. Less refined. My uncle's diabetic and Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from him about...
2: Can diabetics have this?
1: Yeah. And I'm even manipulating the recipe a little bit more right now before I release it to make it the glycemic load even lower. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be adding in um, some ingredients that add more fiber because that helps slow the release of Mm -hmm. the glucose in the blood. So I'm trying to be very conscious about that. Uh, The whole goal is for the majority of people to be able to safely consume the product and yeah, not have problems. Yeah, that's so
2: good. I have some diabetics in my, my husband's family. They often ask me questions just by being on this podcast. I'm like, well, I'll share what I know. Yeah. But that's really great because they use, you know, um, crappy sugar alternatives because that's what their doctors tell them. And oh, that's no. what keeps their numbers low, right? And it's all about keeping the numbers low or, or at least maintained. Yeah. So that's really
0: great. I was just thinking like, how are you feeling in this political climate? Like,
1: Not very well. (laughs) Because you seem so
0: positive. (laughs) So like...
1: Yeah, I don't know how much the climate's going to affect me personally, Mm -hmm. but I know how it's affecting a lot of people around me and people that I know and stories that I hear. And it's it's awful. You know, I feel the energies of other people. So it's not a great time in terms of our politics in this country. Uh, My dad... He lives in sweden the politics over there are like the complete opposite really um yeah like free health care you get paid to go to college and paid leave when you have a kid and high-paying jobs everywhere and just like totally different from here and
0: let's move to sweden the only downside <laughs> is that it's
1: freezing cold most of the year Freezing yeah. so, fucking cold i don't yeah. know if it's, yeah. worth, it's it. worth it so just like knowing what goes down there and what's going down here it's frustrating like our education system to too say but the then least. just like yeah. the racial environment right yeah. now and what people think is okay. Well, one, now. one, th-
2: one thing that sticks out to me because I've been to I've been to Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. Never made it to Finland, but Finland was rated like the best education system in the world. Yeah, and I'm I have a Finnish guy in my building. I went to my hot tub in my building and started chatting with him, and we were talking about it. And he's like, you know, tell me all the benefits. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's free. And then Michael Moore had it. Yeah, in his, in his uh, documentary, latest documentary, and where to
0: invade next?
2: Yeah, and it's just so incredible that. In my perspective, like no one talks about this in this in this perspective, but you guys tell me what you think. Like in other countries, we'll take Finland for example or Sweden, where you get you pay in to your country, but then you get back benefits for being a citizen of that country. Yeah, education, healthcare. When you have a child, and it's hard on a woman's body. Um, I was talking to my mother more mother in law recently about this, where She's Canadian. And even in Canada, I think that's probably different now. But yeah. when she was having her kids in the 70s, there was no maternity leave at all. They were just like, no. You, and she worked. She worked through her pregnancies. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's that's hard. I mean, your body is doing a lot. And then you have to work as well. It's tiring. And you know, in the United States, we don't really have benefits to being a citizen. You can have a gun and you can vote. Yeah, That's, that's pretty much it. Then <laughs> you're on your own. And I just thought that was, I think that's where for me, things need to shift Yeah, because it doesn't mean anything. I, th- I mean, we have this great ethic of like, if you can dream it, you can do it in America. And I know that in a lot of places around the world, that's not true. Yeah. Like I lived in Italy for a year and I made a friend there that was in the restaurant business and he didn't want to do that. That was his family's business. He wanted to go do something else, but in Italy to go, like that was his family's business. He was expected to work there. That's how they made their money. To go off and do something entrepreneurial which we are at this table, all entrepreneurs, as is our producer, just wasn't really feasible. Like it was looked down upon. Like right. it was like, oh, you, get, you uh, that's gonna take you 10 years. Like why even bother? Like, yeah, right. just stay in the restaurant. It's fine. So that's a benefit of being here. But in terms of being a citizen, like what we pay in, we get paved roads. Uh, <laughs> not, in LA. not in la i don't know where you're driving <laughs> there's, there's too
1: many cars are like we can't stop the traffic long enough to fix it
0: true <laughs> true so your dad's just in sweden like ha ha <laughs>
1: something like that he's freezing cold but he's you know getting a lot of benefits so pros yeah. and cons.
2: my friend is from switzerland same thing as yeah family.
1: he's freezing cold but
0: they're like ah. <laughs> my life is great in yeah. the snow but that's why i can't leave live on the east coast because i need the warmth i need the sunshine yeah. that's
1: why i like to travel so i feel like i can have it all that's yeah. so
0: true do you travel yeah, a lot
1: so, yeah actually well yeah seeing my dad alone is a pretty little, little trip where is he hours. in sweden in stockholm oh, yeah. okay um because i've been
2: to malmo
1: oh malmo yeah, yeah it's I, nice I, over there too mm-hmm. um and then my mom is from belize she's a, oh, an immigrant wow. as well so mm-hmm. i have some family there i would consider that traveling i guess yeah, yeah. it's traveling yeah. yeah plus
0: all the brownie f- the brownie, brown, the brownie <laughs> tour <laughs> which is i'm
1: going to new york this year Ooh for the first annual vegan street fair new york edition nice june 10th i'm pretty excited about that that's awesome yeah that's the part of new york is it in i think it's in the city i I don't know the address but uh somewhere in manhattan which is cool because street fairs new york is known for street fairs they really know how to do it and Mm -hmm. there's so many people that I can only anticipate that I'll you know have a long line, which is, which yeah. is good.
0: <laughs> and New York is of the mindset of L.A. and Portland, where vegan is mainstream and a well, lot of people have catching up. allergies. I keep yeah.
1: tabs on, on Instagram. They're one. definitely yeah. behind the West Coast. Well, with the it. West is winning. Oh, come on. Oh, the West oh, yeah. is winning
0: for sure. But when you go there, you can find juice and vegan restaurants yeah. on every other corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, New York's growing fast.
0: Yeah. They have Organic Avenue uh they have oh there's this wonderful chain i'm forgetting it right now they have by chloe by chloe is another good yeah. one yeah there's yeah. two of those now there used to only be one there's like four really i just looked
1: on the site the other day yeah chloe went to berkeley too by the way oh, did she? Yeah. oh
0: cool <laughs> i have her book i met her at the opening here in la yeah i was there went. i was there as well. oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure i was probably ran into you um so in your bio it says that you're also working to revitalize the overall health and eating habits of underserved communities can you talk a little bit about that and how how do you tell someone who may not have access to healthy food or may not be able to afford healthy food how do you tell them about health and healthy eating
1: i can start from saying that i live in south central mm-hmm. um partially because i have a really good deal um, but from what i know from living there is that there is not a health food store anywhere in sight i have to drive like 18 to 20 minutes i go to like whole foods and el segundo right. <laughs> i really have to just like go <laughs> far away And actually the Ralphs and the Vons, like in Inglewood, they're getting better and there's like a small organic section now. They are getting better. But I know that just it's not a thing and it's really normalized um, just to like eat junk. Mm -hmm. It's like when it's in your community, you don't see anything else. It's not cool and you don't really know that it can be good um it's not really promoted either like there's like a dialysis center and like diabetes yeah. center near my house it's like crazy yeah and then you go to Brentwood and like somewhere like Brentwood and you see like it's hip yep. to like have your juice you know and it's like cool but that hasn't happened yet that dynamic of mm-hmm. like it being cool is has not happened yet like in South Central or Inglewood but there are stuff popping up like there's this little restaurant called Stuff I Eat I don't know if you've heard of it uh-huh. um this uh raw vegan chef opened a restaurant in Inglewood, and now everyone goes there all kinds of people tourists and everything could come to Inglewood to try our food I'm so going Um, it's really good stuff happening but yeah there's just a lot of sickness you see people like with illnesses and you just know that you just see what they're eating and it's like wow like you didn't even drink any water in the last two months or like you didn't no they don't drink water they drink soda I think
2: it should be like it's quasi-criminal right like what fast food restaurants yeah it is And and I well and I think in um I just saw The Founder the other day, the movie, that was about Ray Kroc, who Mm -hmm. um, franchised McDonald's. He didn't invent McDonald's and he kind of stole it, actually. He's kind of a dick, but (laughs) but he made a lot of money and he put McDonald's all over the place. It's kind of criminal what fast food restaurants have done.
1: So let me tell you, in my area, the nicest building within like... 10 block radius of my house is the McDonald's. Of course it is. It is state of the art. Is it, it at looks a playground? Immaculate. And, yeah, I'm sure. It's like, wow, it shines like on the block. Like when you go on that, like on the corner of Manchester and Normandy, yeah. the McDonald's, it, it looks like <laughs> the place to be. Like yeah. any kid walking down that street would just be like, yo, like that's where I want to be.
2: Yeah. And you know what? This is actually, we've never discussed this on the show before. This is kind of an intersection of like politics, entrepreneurship, and food, right? So, Ray Kroc made money. The founders of McDonald's invented this great system. Sorry if anybody wants to see it, but I won't give anything away. But um, he invented this kind of system where it would optimize the cooking time so that the burgers are ready in like a minute instead Mm -hmm. of 30 minutes. And Ray Kroc, the entrepreneur, or the business guy, saw this as like, Holy shit! This doesn't exist anywhere. We need to put these all over. We're gonna make a lot of money. And the guys that founded it had ethics, and they had st- like they just they made good money. They were successful, but they were like, no, 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 we're not we're not interested. In friend. No, we're not we're not gonna do that. And He's like, no, come on, we'll mm-hmm. we'll be big. Mm-hmm. They eventually did it, and then Ray Kroc saw started thinking outside of the kind of quality that they had. So the first thing that he did was have powdered milkshakes. So there was no actual ice cream in the milkshakes it was this powdered stuff you know it was a powder put into water that had like chemicals and stuff but it reconstituted a milkshake right and that was the start of it and then we all know how it goes from there it just goes on and on and on to not have actual food in the food cutting the cost of the quote-unquote food but then making big profit
0: No, there are people, just side note, that keep McDonald's, like, burgers and chicken, whatever, and nuggets, and they last for over 10 years. Yeah. Because they're all processed. Oh, I had a French fry that
2: fell in between my seats. I found it, like, a month later. This was a long time ago. But, like, it fell. I don't go anywhere near that. But it fell in between. And I found it, like, far too long later. It was fine. It was desiccated. But it was, there was no mold. There was nothing growing on it. Which means... Not even the mold wanted to eat it. The mold mold didn't know what to do with it. So like it's kinda but it's kinda criminal, right? Like we know better. The fast food restaurants know better. Yeah. Yet they double down on the the way that they make money when they don't pay workers enough when they provide shit food
0: and Susie, is this in the movie where they put out something that said here's how you're going to make income mcdonald's makes you this much second job makes you this much when you're working 40 hours a week at mcdonald's and mcdonald's is saying well your second no because this
2: movie was set when mcdonald's started which was like 19 or when it was franchised which was like in the 50s -hmm. so it wasn't quite as bad back then the the workers were actually like hello welcome (laughs) you know they were i'm sure they're being paid probably as much as they're paid now Oh man. <laughs> um yeah it's evolved from there but it's like it's really criminal that shit has to change
1: well i mean from what i understand um
2: not to mention factory farming okay you go ahead
1: we, oh that's a whole another topic i know <laughs> <laughs> what is it, how it's been explained to me is mcdonald's is a real estate company they are it's just they, are. they just want land that generates they own they're their biggest food real- is a medium and it's a drug so they're literally just drug dealers it's, that's how i see it if you're selling food that harms people and is eventually going to kill them yes you're just dealing drugs well did you're you not, guys see um, so trying, you know you can eat, food can be a median for healing it could be yeah. neutral or it can kill people so as long as it's legal and you know whatever yeah. people are gonna do it, they're gonna deal as much of that drug as they can. It yeah. is
0: legal drug dealing. Yeah, I hate
1: That's
2: it when it I see like signs that are like now made with a hundred percent meat, and you're like, what
0: the fuck was in it before? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not that that makes it better, and that but what was it doesn't stop people from eating it. And There's... they're like, oh yes.
1: <laughs> you know, for me, selling food has opened my eyes to what people look for mm, mm-hmm. when they're looking for food, and like taste is always gonna be yeah, taste yeah, taste and like price. Yep. are big yep. for p- for people for whatever reason um uh, maybe they
2: well because they're not going to eat it if they don't like it the majority right. of them like i grew up drinking vegetable juice and and being told eat it because it's good for you right. most people don't have that like no that the connection between
1: food and, and good for you like people like just think lettuce and stuff you know so that's not attractive right but you i mean having access to good juice growing up that's a blessing that's, yeah, yeah
2: absolutely yeah and then beyond that so they're not going to eat it if they don't like it yeah and then if it costs less or it's cheap
1: yeah unfortunately the cost of food has been skewed like people think food is supposed to cost one way because so many people are selling cheap food and then when good food comes along it costs a little more they just think that you're just trying to get one over on them yeah right. you're like oh uh, no it actually cost me a lot to make this yeah because yeah i'm trying not to kill you
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i used to think and i used to say and i still say but Invest in your health now by spending more money on the organic food on the fruits and vegetables less money on the processed food and I still believe that 100% but there are people whose living wage literally can't afford that and that is the problem that they do not have the money to make the con- even if they ha- are educated and they have a choice they can't because of their circumstances and that is criminal
1: I have to give a shameless plug not for me but for a good friend of mine uh, sure. her name's Tony. Uh, she runs a blog called plant based on a budget yes Uh, you might want to have her as a guest too she's awesome her whole mission is to just expose what's possible on the littlest amount of money um, whatever community you live in what foods you can purchase and you know how to prepare them for a lot of people Mm -hmm. she's even been on tv and shown like a you know an example of like spending i don't know eight bucks and she yeah. got this whole bundle of food from like food for less or something but yeah for people that say like oh organics too much or vegan is way too expensive mm-hmm. um those myths can be easily dispelled now because people are doing the research and finding that you can save money eating a plant-based diet right so, if you you just have that's to a bunch learn. of bs it's if, if you say that it costs too much yeah
0: have but it's guys- but but it's not bs until you learn right yeah it's just a
1: myth you, you it can be dispelled you, you just have to you know um Learn a little bit about it and investigate more. And-
2: have you guys heard about imperfectproduce.com? dot No. This is a brilliant idea.
0: Talk I know about- what it is. It's like oh, I've I, I have
1: heard about that. I think there's yeah. a few different services that do yeah. something Are like there? that. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's just basically because the- they
1: would just throw it away. I think. Yeah. If-
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
2: it's the stuff that like maybe isn't perfect. Yeah. Because I remember we grew fruits and vegetables growing
0: up, and yeah, they they're were not, not always... supposed to be perfect. No, they're not. <laughs> right when know, they're but... perfect, I'm suspicious. I'm like, that's yeah. GMOs right there. Yeah, when but, they're um... beautiful and perfectly <laughs> right. round they and no blemishes. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think that's a great idea to be they're you like, know, like clones like... tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just like imperfect produce, Susie. But um, we did a documentary on this where in just south of coachella there's all these unincorporated communities and they're all the farm workers that Mm -hmm. are basically feeding california and they go through and they pick everything what they don't pick that's imperfect they are not allowed to take home instead Mm -hmm. they have to go eat the mcdonald's or eat the cheetos at the gas station Right. They're so not allowed ridiculous. to take it home. So an organization form called Hidden Harvest, which I believe probably does the same thing as Imperfect Produce just by the name, where they go in, they pick the imperfect produce and give it back to the farm workers. So that's awesome. It's it's awesome, but it's ridiculous that it had to be that, created. Yeah. Right. It, it shouldn't have to be that way. But that's the way the farming industry is set up right now. And that is a crime as well. You know what I yeah. will say about
2: the current political climate and the, the knowledge that people have about food is that people are at least now awake. We're now like, wait, wait, what? Thank like when God. you told me that, I was like, wait, what? That's stupid. Right. Why, why <laughs> that is, is that stupid, going on? stupid, you guys. And people are awake and they are speaking out yes they are flooding senators and house of, you know congressmen's and local representatives and being like what this is stupid what are we doing <laughs> you're gonna get fired if you don't change this and it's working yes well, that's positive that's a good thing
1: It's moving in the right direction these conversations definitely help yeah media i and, you know i think yeah.
2: i think as humans like Sometimes things just move along and we get kind of complacent because it's another job, right? To hold people accountable or hold our government accountable and be aware and takes more time, takes more energy. But every once in a while, I think people get complacent and then they kind of realize what's going on and and speak out. So that's a good thing.
0: So, Charlie, what advice would you give to someone who was like, you know what? I want to get healthier. I might want to go vegan. How would you tell them to start? Um. Brownies. <laughs> uh, Eat my brownies. Share my brownies Sunday. <laughs> <Give them some laughs> weed brownies. There you then...
1: go. Yeah, you want to get high? No, I was kidding. Um, <laughs> honestly, well, health and vegan. Those are I don't pair those together. Vegans generally tends to be a healthier diet, but if someone just wants to be healthier, there's some small things I could always suggest. Is like, don't drink a soda ever yes, again. Yes, so yeah. true. And drink twice as much water. As you are currently, that alone to what I found is, is drastic changes in, for people. Sure, that's one thing. Water is underrated. Fruit is underrated. <laughs> like, yeah. make your breakfast sometimes some fruit. You know, I love fruit. Under, yeah, I could be. A,
2: I think I could be a fructarian.
1: Yeah, it's hydrating, and there's all kinds of vitamins, and gives you energy. And then I would say, uh, go to a few good vegan restaurants and try some stuff out Mm -hmm. because like it's getting good now (laughs) here in la like at least you Uh, know it
0: is so good there's so many options yeah
1: you know just know that stuff that comes from the earth can taste great and if you think about like all the meat stuff you like if you ate it without seasoning would it be that good like what are you putting on it to make it taste good you're putting like herbs and spices and things Mm -hmm. like that so just know where the flavor is really it's really coming from that's such a Um, good point yeah you gotta just try healthy stuff and that's how you're gonna find out what you like I mean, I, I tell people, look, if you find three or four healthy meals that taste great and you enjoy them and you practice making them, you've got pretty much something for the majority of every week you can eat healthy.
2: Yeah. But
1: you got to put a little bit of effort in.
0: For
2: sure. Yeah. We need to change home. Did you guys have home ec um, in high school? Yeah. Middle but school? We
0: just sewed pillows. <laughs> Did you have home egg, Charlie?
1: Uh, that sounds familiar. Is it like basket weaving? Or like- no.
2: It's supposed to It's supposed to be. Home economics, which is supposed to be like cooking and homemaking skills, I'm sure it was oh. evolved in the '40s and '50s for women. Yeah, oh we girls. had it, but guys were in there too. No, we too. did, we did too. But I'm, that it, it was kind of like
1: we didn't at Cal. Didn't. I was in the cooking club and the baking club. Oh, cool. No, the this only would have guy. been. In the- in the yeah, tub, which was cool, but uh I bet the girls no. loved you. It was fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. The smart guys would join. Kind of, <laughs> she joined cooking and yoga, right? Right. Um,
0: there you go. Seriously. But
2: no, I had I had home and ec- yeah, we sewed pillows. We yeah. sewed, <laughs> and then we would cook sometimes. But we would make like orange Julius drinks, uh-huh. like you know, nothing healthy like that. And I think that was in Michael Moore's movie where like French kids learn how to cook. I don't I vaguely remember that, but they they learn how to. Cook. We need to like incorporate that like kids go out leave high school they don't know what to eat they don't know how to cook for themselves it's kind of a life skill look what skills
0: from high school do you actually use algebra just kidding (laughs) yeah exactly like why don't they teach us how to do our taxes why don't they teach us how to eat healthy and and have a nutrition class like they don't I'm sorry, maybe there's some good, better schools out there. I know rituals kids go to some vegan school, but literally, why do our schools teach us things that almost no one needs?
1: The answer to that is pretty daunting and terrible.
0: No one <laughs> but has the answer. All, all but... I
1: know is that it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: well, nothing's changed in forever. I know. Right? Like, yeah.
0: all I learned it, in school was, like, how people, to interact with people.
2: People get very weird about, I mean, we don't have, Allison and I don't have children yet. Do you have children? No. No. People get, ve- I've noticed people get very weird about like what their ch- children learn and what should be, but it needs to be kind of turned on top of itself, like uprooted and changed because yeah, what the hell do you learn? I
0: mean. But I remember doing my homework and going like, when am I going to lose, use this? Cause I don't want to do anything well, that has to do with math. And my some- mom literally said, you're not, but you have to go to college. Sometimes, and so you have to, sometimes you homework.
2: have to learn how to learn. And you have to develop different parts of your brain. Like, not everybody's good at the same things. And so if we're going to have physicists and mathematicians, which we need, they need to know the, the math. And that kind of weeds people out. And let, or, let them you go need- to
0: their special class. And they'll let the rest of us learn about what we want to learn Alison, you're an entrepreneur. I,
2: I, <laughs> and why do they teach entrepreneurship? Being an archip- I hated math, too. But <laughs> all I do is math now.
0: I don't do any. I mean, I well, do Excel spreadsheets. But I don't do any algorithms. no. No. And really? A- no. <laughs> Not for fun? But Excel does it for me. All I need to oh. learn was a calculator. Yeah. But they didn't teach me Excel. Well, but I sometimes I learn Excel myself. Sometimes it's
2: learning how to learn. Sure. Sometimes it's like expanding that part of your brain that you then that. go, I hate this and
0: I never want to do it again. I'll give you Close that. Close the chapter. So let us take nice. a basic course in everything and then continue on in what we want to learn. Yeah. You know, and then teach us history that's real and not fake. There you go. So many tangents we could go off on. Yeah, we could. yeah I know, right? <laughs> let's bring it back to Charlie. Okay, so let's talk about your t shirt what
1: does it say? Okay. Uh, the t shirt I have on says, Eat Like You Give a Damn.
0: I love it. And then
2: underneath,
1: Herbivore. That <laughs> is the name of the brand. its oh, cool. uh, They're a vegan clothing line in Portland. Mm-hmm. Josh and Michelle are the owners. They're really nice. I uh, met them when I did Portland Vegan Beer Fest a couple of years ago, and I've been back a few times. It's a really cool clothing line. One of my favorites. In I like terms it. Of the I like designs the designs and what the designs say. But I, I really kind of vibe with this shirt mm-hmm. um, because food is just everything for me. I I pretty much live in a kitchen and I have for 10 years and um, you know, my life has just been around food. So just teaching people how, what they eat and what they invest in, like the food that they buy, how it affects them, their family, and then the community and then the farmers and then the earth. And it's like, it's interesting. Like people don't really think about those things. They just think about, oh, me hungry. Uh, Me want taste, me eat.
2: Me want brownie. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like I can get their attention by giving them a a brownie sundae. But then, you know, we can open up the dialogue and say, hey, so this is where this I get it from this farm. Or I know the people that grew this or if you invest in this industry, then the earth's going to (laughs) burn because, (laughs) you know, it's it's just, you know, things like that. Food's really important because it's vital. It's never going anywhere. We need it to survive. If we invest in food that is renewable and sustainable, then we can end up feeding the world mm-hmm. and not investing in industries not that cut down the rainforest and, yeah. and pollute the environment. you got to ask yourself, do you respect life? Are you thankful for your life? Yes, I am. I'm just so grateful that I get to be on this earth and live this life, see all these beautiful things, meet all these great people, have all these experiences. Okay, if you want other people in the future and your grandkids to be able to have those experiences and somewhere to live, then you need to think about what food you're investing in because it's kind of the root of everything, in my opinion.
0: I totally agree. That was beautiful. I love how passionate you got. And if you extrapolate that out
2: and look at how many of the world's population goes hungry when it need not ought to be that way, um, which actually causes people to migrate, which actually causes people to, you know, causes shifts in societies and things like that, like more immigrants coming in and it's It kind of comes down to food. Like, it kind of comes down to basic needs, at least, which food of which is a huge one.
0: Food, water, air. Food,
2: water, shelter.
0: And so what would you say to someone that doesn't understand why a plant-based diet is the most sustainable and they think factory farming is sustainable? What would you say to them?
1: I would say, okay, well, let's start here. Uh, 25% of the world's food goes to cows. (laughs) Let's start there.
0: (laughs) What? What?
1: And it's an inefficient process. We just think about, okay, if we need to put a certain amount of energy into something to get food out of it, you're putting food into a bunch of cows and what you're getting out of it is a lot less than what you put in. So you gotta give them a bunch of food, a bunch of water and you get the tiny slab of meat. Right. That's inefficient. That's going against trying Bad to- Bad business. It's going against trying to feed the world. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like solving world hunger, that's anti-solving world hunger, the right. factory farming industry. At the same time, the output um, you get some food out of them a little bit, and then you also get all this methane. And 51% of carbon emissions is not from cars, it's from cows. There's like over a billion cows on the planet right now. All so drive other your
0: SUV and eat vegan.
1: There you go. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> SUV ain't bad. Like, take your long shower, but.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm defending myself because <laughs> that's what I do.
1: <laughs> that's fine. It's actually not that bad. I tell people to say, hey, uh, I'm going to take shorter showers because I want to help the drought. That's fine. Do that. But just knowing that you're, you're if you're buying meat, you gave hundreds of gallons of water away exactly just, in, just for that one piece of meat. So decisions with your food can go a lot further than the other little fires you're trying to put out. Totally. I'm not saying one or the other do both, but people sometimes forget about that. But
0: understand the impact. The, the, yeah. the shower has such a little impact in comparison to having a meatless Monday, let's say. Right. And, you know, the best statistics I've seen on this are in Cowspiracy. I'm sure you guys have all seen it. Um, But they have the best facts. And if you really want to learn the facts, which I should probably study them, so I have them on the top of my head, but like Charlie knows, um, you can go to their website and they literally have a fact sheet and you can learn all of the kind of myths around how much the shower actually matters and how much the not eating meat is much more impactful.
1: Right. So, yeah, it just comes back to the point, like little decisions you make can affect the whole world. And food is one, one, in my opinion, with a little bit of effort and maybe a little bit of time. It's one of those things that anyone can do that can make a big impact. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like once a year they go and they feed the homeless or they try to do something to make a change and fit it into a schedule. You can do it every damn day. Like you can <laughs> you can make big changes, you know, on your plate. So that's something that I really stress and I preach and, um, you know, kind of ex- try to exhibit through my food. Uh, And showing that this life, can, this sustainable life can be delicious, enjoyable, and you don't really miss anything.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And I always thought being my dad's daughter, thinking I would miss out. And then when I started eliminating things and finding all of the amazing replacements that exist, I was like, I'm not missing out. And these things actually taste better to me. And I guess your taste buds change. They do. And then knowing that I was making a choice for not only being healthier, because I came at it from a health perspective uh, because both of my parents had cancer and I realized food could either heal or kill, as you said earlier – And then when I learned about the mistreatment of animals and the factory farming and I'm a dog owner and why why do I take care of my dog, love my dog and treat it like a child, like a god and then I can sit here and eat an intelligent animal on my plate, like it just didn't add up in my mind. And so I've never gone back and I've never felt the need to. And now the things that I used to think were delicious, like a, I never actually loved burgers, but let's say fried chicken now disgust me. But I can go to Veggie Grill and get their sardine yeah. fried <laughs> unchicken, and I'm super satisfied.
1: Yeah, it's food is just it's texture and flavor and experience. And whether it was a dead animal or some textured vegetables, it's it's really similar. And it's yeah. enjoyable either way, but... One of them is not as sustainable as the other. So if that's something that you do care about and you do want to make a change, then you know what I do.
0: Yeah. And the, I don't remember the stat. Maybe you know it. But the destruction of the rainforest that's is happening every me. second, right? Yeah. It's like in
1: Brazil, especially. Terrifying. Yeah. We're like, there's... And there's so many smaller species that like animals and little insects and things we don't even know about. And they're and, like, so important to our ecosystem. And, and how the ecosystem works, I think is much deeper than we comprehend. Just sure. my intuition just tells me that. Yeah. Um, and just to murder it all, just for the sake of a cow More plot. More land for
0: cows. Yeah.
1: It's just sh- shows like the level that greed can go and mm-hmm. there needs to be, you know, we can fight back through our dollars. If we don't invest in that, then it can't really go further. They're going to go bankrupt eventually, but it does take a communal effort yeah Um, you know whatever you invest in community grows so the more as people continue to invest in that crap it's only going to stay there so you have to make a change if you want to see the change
0: yeah and vote with your dollars and vote with your choices you know we interviewed a lot of young millennials who feel disaffected disenfranchised and the majority of them were not going to vote even for president because they felt that their vote didn't count their vote didn't matter and so I understand that. And so you can vote every day with your shopping cart. You can vote every day with where, what you put in your mouth, what you put on your plate and where you spend your money. And so that's the way to make a change. If you can't go volunteer every day and go save the animals or, you know, save whoever you want to save. That's something that you can make a choice every day. And that is on a micro scale, helping on a macro scale. Right.
1: Right. And to be honest, like those bigger things like going to animal sanctuaries, and like actually rescuing animals, that's a privilege. A lot of people like are just focused on, OK, I need to survive. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So within that, you know, smaller sphere and that smaller scope, uh, you can still make a change is what I'm is what I'm saying, you know.
0: Totally. I'm with you. All right. Well, Charlie, this has been really fun. Yeah. delicious and delicious (laughs) okay I gotta finish my brownie here so where can everyone follow you stalk you find you online all that good stuff
1: Uh, so my main medium right now is Instagram it's just kind of just taking over Um, Charlie's Brownies Uh, I'm also on facebook.com slash Charlie's Brownies my website's down currently I'm gonna relaunch that at some point but yeah if you follow the Instagram uh, I post everything every event that I'll be at every new flavor that comes out every new store that I'm carried in it's all through the ig
0: ig baby are you on twitter
1: i'm on twitter uh twitter only limits you to 15 characters Mm -hmm. so it's charlie's brownie no s (laughs) i I wanted to put the s just one but i couldn't so one at a time the brownie twitter Um, that's
0: funny that's why we're not food hills podcast because it's too many so we're food hills nation right
1: yeah exactly so you get it Yep, Um, i get it in terms of live and in person um coming up vegan street fair third annual in LA, March 26th, the day after my birthday.
0: Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Um, Pisces, Aries, Aries, uh.
1: yeah. Um, I'll be live and direct there. I have three new things I'm launching that day. Um, haven't revealed them yet.
0: Okay, so what are you gonna reveal to us?
1: So uh, for drum vegan...
0: roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, for Vegan Street Fair last year, uh, I launched my brownie sundays, which became a hit. Recently. I've had
0: them and they are amazing. <laughs>
1: They won first place uh, last year. Vegan <laughs> uh Award winning. This year, um, taking it up a notch, I'm doing uh, brownie and blondie ice cream sandwiches.
0: Oh, now, I'm not going to tell you the heart.
1: flavors that I'm doing, or the toppings, or the sauces that come with it, or anything like that. The goal is to keep my line moving fast. There's going to be about thirty thousand people there. So uh, yeah, it's going to be fun and delicious. So
0: yay! Yeah, I hope
1: to see you all there. Come say hi. I'll be at the-
0: oh, I'll be there. I'm always there. I love all the vegan fests. I'll make Susie come along too. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you leave us with a last quote, a tweetable?
1: Food is much deeper than your taste buds and every decision that you make can change the world.
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. If you like it too, tweet it to Charlie at Charlie's Brownie. No S. Tweet it to us at Food That's Heals right. Nation and use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast so we can see your post. Charlie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for, for having
1: here. me. Yes, appreciate it.
2: For all the show notes from today's show, go to foodhealsnation.com.
0: Also at foodhealsnation.com, you'll find all our discount codes. Hey, Allie, are you social? I'm social. Let's talk on social. Okay. Make sure to join our Food Heals Nation Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com, where you can connect with other Food Heals listeners, ask questions, add value. And of course, we've got Tribe Building Tuesday to help you build your business and your personal relationships. And we've got Self Promotion Saturday, where you can post your links to your business, your blog, your recipes, your healing story, anything you want. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nation. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at Food Heals Nation. And you can follow my personal adventures at Melody TV. For all the show notes, go to foodhealsnation.com. See you next time, Food Heals Nation.